force the forces with me. I'm going to force the forces with me. everybody welcome it's thursday night and we actually have the right credits rolling today <laughs> this is a gnn campaign. yeah we're so glad you joined us here we're talking star wars star wars and nothing but star wars well i say that mostly star wars mostly star wars i am your host david with me as always is debbie how are you tonight debbie i'm doing good now i and also with us tonight, before I go into this, but uh, also with us tonight is Cam from Cam and Focus. How are you, Cam? Doing good, doing good. Now, I forgot to mention this to you guys before we started. Um, we are so experiencing some severe weather here in the Dallas area where I am. So if I collapse on you, I don't mean to. Just carry on and I'll jump on on my phone. So, <laughs> Or I'll try to jump on on my phone. All right. So that being said. Um, Bad Batch season two, season two of the Bad Batch. We got a we got an episode that started off. Honestly, all I could think was uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. With the with the initial where they were in the bar and they had the artifact and here here's the oh artifact. gotcha. So and and even to you know they had that one scene in Indiana Jones where the uh, he uses the sword and he cuts the gong down mm-hmm. and then he runs behind the gong. I mean there was even a bell to where when he cut the bell down, dong. I was like, oh come on, come on, blatant Easter eggs. But that's okay. All I said and I told Luke I was like, all it needs is for them to run out and it says club obi-wan over the top and then yeah, i would have laughed that would have been great <laughs> would have been hilarious even if they had said it in arabesh that would have been good you know, just something a little little easter egg there for you which if you didn't know in indiana jones and the temple of doom the name of the club where where they are at the first is called club obi-wan so george lucas had his 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 uh his speak in that so it's all part of the indieverse. That's right. Indiana Jones was just Han Solo having dreams while he was in carbonite. <laughs> so anyway, all right. So they start off and um Sid is looking for them. We start off with Sid looking for them and she's apparently not happy with them. Yeah, I think they're finally trying to break away. Well, they're, they're... Yeah, well, okay. uh, I can, the the lady character played by Wanda Sykes, I can never remember her name. Um, the pirate. Yeah. Fee. Well, what is it, Fee? Fee? So, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, she said that they cut ties with Sid. And I'm like, when did that happen? Exactly. I was like, oh, did I miss something somewhere? Okay. I mean, they had talked about it. I think it was in the uh, the the crossing where Fee or wait was that no, whatever last episode Fee was in, she had talked about them, 
you know, you need to break away because, you know, Sid's not a good person. She's going to turn on you one way or the other. So, yeah, Maybe I don't know why they didn't say that. Maybe it's not that important. I have Maybe a feeling she has a way to track them. Wouldn't surprise me at all. In fact, so so basically they go to this planet and it's a... Um, it's an island that's like a sanctuary island. Nobody knows where it is. Everybody's wanting to reboot their life. And actually, it was really funny because uh, one of the lines that he said was, uh, what about the Empire? Are you not worried about the Empire? And he said, we have no minerals. We are one island. We have no resources. There's nothing that the Empire wants. There's nothing that will bring them here. And I was like, <laughs> something Surprise. just landed that they want <laughs> yeah <laughs> can you say foreshadowing <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so but i also i told luke i was like okay so by the end of this either the empire is going to show up or sid is going to show up with some kind of massive army and try to take everybody back but you know whatever it it didn't happen i missed that call <sighs> i'm sorry no instead we got that one scene from the day after tomorrow Yep. Yep. But um it it was this episode I I hate to say but I really kind of enjoyed this episode even though there wasn't like a whole lot of pew, 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 pew. but there was a lot of good character stuff in this one. You had um Tech finally relaxing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it was it was interesting because it gave the it gave them the opportunity to allow the characters just to be characters instead of uh, instead of you know worrying about what to do next or you know tell yeah, us they this weren't thing on a about the plot or anything. Yeah, uh, and uh, I guess apparently Tech has a thing for Fee. I mean, that's what Luke I, said. I didn't see it. I didn't see, I didn't, that I didn't see it at all. Some the, there are the, the, there, there's a couple of moments. Uh, there's one moment where I th it's, I think, after they disembark from the ship, after they land on that planet, um, uh, uh, as they're walking away, t uh, Tech looks back and, like, makes eye contact with her for a few seconds. Well, uh, that... She did several things where she was kind of like, she'd look over at him. She'd glance over at him to see what he was yeah. doing. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there, was, there were several moments like that, uh, or the one where she shows him uh, how the city lights up when the sun goes down, and... and uh, I, I guess just her saying, "Hey, look, here's something that's kind of cool that you might like that you can relax to." And so, and see, uh, see, I would have thought that uh, at first too, but um, uh, as they get off the ship and the mayor of the city comes up to them, Riker nudges Tech and says, "Hey, you've got some competition." And from from, from that from that on, it was just a snowball effect. Every interaction that I saw between those two characters, I was like, "Okay, there's something going on there." But again, it's the same situation as it was with Sid. It's like, when did this happen? <laughs> you missed it completely. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> so. Tech and Fee, I guess, have a thing. Uh, there was also the scene where uh, uh, Omega was was with the little girl, and they were running around laughing and playing. And and I think it was Hunter that turned around and said, "I haven't heard her laugh like that in a long time." Yeah. And that was that harkens back to what Fee had said toward the beginning of the episode was with 
you know, she's with you three all the time. She needs some kids of her own age to play with kind of thing and who aren't related to her, genetically <laughs> related to her, things like that. So it was really good. I honestly, like I said, I expected the Empire to show up. They, th- We get there. They have a feast. They're drinking. They're getting along with everybody. Everybody's just happy. It's a nice, peaceful atmosphere. And then this, uh, they go out on the uh, boat, Omega and what was the little girl's name? I don't remember. I don't remember either. Okay, so Omega and the other and the, the mayor's daughter. Let's say that the mayor's daughter. They go out on a boat to watch the sunrise from the ocean, and then all of a sudden there are ground tremors and a tsunami, and of course. They were in the boat, they tried to go back, and the water sucked out, and it was real funny, because they were going to the rocks, and I was like, she was like, quick, we gotta jump, and I'm like, why? Because the boat goes over the rocks, it'll go over the rocks, at least you'll be on something floating, and then it showed them on the ground, I was like, oh, of course, the water's going out, they're going they're <laughs> on the ground, and Luke's looking at it going, wasn't that water just a minute ago? I'm like, no, it's, it's science, tsunami, water goes out, and then comes back in in full force, so. Yeah, well, when that first ground tremor happened, I thought I, the, the, the first thing I thought was, "Oh my God, Imperial bombardment! They found mm-hmm. them." Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, "Okay, we just had a star destroyer enter the atmosphere. He's gonna look up and see it coming over, and it's gonna be ah, and everybody running and panicking." But no, we didn't get any of that. It was it was just a natural phenomenon. phenomenon. So uh, the the guys help the citizens get to the higher level so they won't get hit by the tsunami. Um, <laughs> when Omega called Hunter and said, we, we, we're out of the boat, we're, we, the water got sucked out, and we're running back to, we're headed back to the shore. I told Luke, I was like, okay, so here's what's going to happen. They're going to save all the villagers, the uh, tech and, and uh, Crusher are going to save the villagers. And Hunter's gonna fly the ship down and go save Omega, and that'll it'll he'll he'll swoop in like at the last minute, like right before the water hits. And sure enough, that's pretty much exactly what happened. <laughs> it's like it was meant to be. I, I called that one. I called that one, and I got it right. So I'm excited about that. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I mean, they, it was, and then they they volunteered. To, they were gonna stay and let them. Or help them rebuild, basically. Right. So, which which is good, good for them. Go on. And honestly, you know what else this episode reminded me of? Do you remember the f- episode in the? It was in the first season of The Mandalorian where they were at the village, had Cara Dune, and they fought the ATST. Mm-hmm. And before those pirates attacked, they were like, you know, they were telling him, "Hey, look, we're we're happy, we're peaceful here." You know, he does well with the kids and you can settle down and you don't have to wear you don't have to fight anymore, you don't have to wear the armor and all that other stuff. And then of course the bounty hunter showed up. So I was like, okay, so this is gonna be a Mando situation where they're gonna be they're gonna be yes, we're all happy and peaceful and everything, but the Empire is still gonna show up or Sid's still gonna show up or somebody else is gonna show up. Crosshair will hunt them down, I don't know, whatever. So, good episode in my opinion. I thought it was a great episode. I enjoyed it. 
thoroughly, even though I've only seen it once right now. I, 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 I watched Mando like three times yesterday, so I didn't watch it yesterday. I watched it this <laughs> afternoon when I got home. So. I, I finally watched the Mandalorian episode like three hours ago. Oh. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, it, did we miss anything on this episode? Because I don't think so. It, it was just a pretty blissful episode. Yeah, bliss, exactly. I felt like I had gotten out of a, a a nice hot shower after I had watched it. <laughs> I don't know if I go that far, but <laughs> I, felt, I felt refreshed and cleaned. And now, if Hunter so, gets rid of that skull tattoo on his face, I'll be all that much better. It doesn't even look like a skull. Like, like I, I look I, at it and I don't see skull. I just see. I don't know. I don't know what I see, but I don't see a skull when I look at that. Hunter, Hunter's in blackface. That's kind of racist. <laughs> no, it's only half his face, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Okay, it is. It reminds me of that Star Trek, original Star Trek episode with the, oh, oh, shoot. I can't remember his name now, but half the face was white, half the face was black, and then his twin or whatever was the same thing, but on opposite, opposite sides. sides. Yeah. And that was a long time ago. Yes, anyway. I'm old. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not arguing. Uh, it's a. It's a Debbie. It's okay. That goes without saying. Everybody. It happens to everybody. All of us here. Unfortunately. So. Um. Okay. So before, uh, and one quick thing before we move into Mando, I'm wearing my my Yoda. Um st patty's day shirt i know st patty's day is tomorrow but i've got another one i'm wearing tomorrow so i'm not too worried about it but also st patrick's day is my son luke's birthday so happy birthday luke hey oh happy birthday luke happy birthday so, or 14 years old this year so oh my goodness I'm gonna go out and it's celebrate tomorrow night and have a good time anyway all right mando season three episode three we have a a Mando episode without Mando. Well, Mando was in it, just he not was in it. it just wasn't at the beginning and he was the very uh, end. <laughs> he was the bookends oh, of it. Closed it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, starts off with and it starts off really good. It's a dogfight. Um, but it's not a dogfight in space. It's it's within the atmosphere. And I think the first time we'd ever seen anything like that was in uh, The Force Awakens when you had the the Resistance fly in and they're blowing up the first war. Oh, that's a hell of a pilot right there. So I really enjoyed the... It, it, there's just something about it watching the ships move on a, on a screen with things around them, you know, dangers around them, rather than just, okay, it's the literal void of space kind of thing. So I enjoyed the opening scene. I thought it was great. Mando jumps out of the the ship and lands in his ship and it was just it was awesome. It was totally awesome. Oh somebody somebody is on the chat. I just saw that pop. Avocado. So 
this episode was a lot like the book of Bo- book of Boba Fett, where Mando had his own episode. And now this guy gets his own episode. Very true. Very true. They they book a Boba Fetted him. <laughs> yeah, I uh, uh, as I was watching the episode, you know, as every scene was ending, I was like, okay, is this going to be where we transition back to Mandalorian? Oh nope, it's still it's still going on. Okay, <laughs> and this was the longest longest episode of the series, I think, is what we decided thus far, and that's yeah, not counting credits. I think you said what fifty minutes now. Yeah, so. It was a nice long episode, a lot of lot of information in it. Even and even though Mando wasn't in it, except at the very beginning, the very end, which even the end was was really good. But we'll get there. So then we start off with the. I'm not going to remember his. I'm not going to remember any of these people's names. It's the doctor from the first season, the one that was Doctor Pershing. 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 Pershing, Pershing. Why is that familiar? Anyway, Dr. Pershing, he is uh he is now uh what did they call it? It was a uh, like rehabilitated or reconditioned. He, he had been re- rehabilitated, but he was at a uh amnesty. Am- amnesty. amnesty. Yeah, amnesty program amnesty. housing. Yeah. So basically it was, I've renounced the Empire, I want to work for the New Republic, but they're going to keep tight reins on me for a little while just to, it's kind of what I took away from it. They're going to keep tight reins on me for a little while just so I, just to make sure that I'm not. It's basically probation. Yeah. So make sure I'm still (laughs) not in the Empire. And he does a lot of, he really wants to get back to his, uh his uh, research, which had to do a lot with cloning, you know, and, and he does this story where he says his was, his was his mother. His mother had died, and had there been organ cloning available, she would have she would have lived, and we would have been able to carry on with life. And what was the deal with his ear? I don't know. He did it twice. He did it twice, I th- yeah. I think it, it, it's got to be some kind of nervous tick. Or some kind of tell. Yeah, and I can't... Because he did it right before he started talking about his mother. Mm -hmm. And then, again, later in the episode, I forget what he was talking about. Oh, he was talking to that uh, that that uh, the droid where it uh, it asked him, "Do you feel any anger or resentment to the, to the Republic?" And he kind of right. does yeah. that. And he, and but he I wonder it. if it's a tell, like he's lying. Is he lying, or is he is he just? I don't know. It's just weird. It was off. <laughs> it, it it was off, and maybe we'll get an explanation for. It. Maybe there is a reason for it. You know. Yep. Who knows? He, uh, he's going to be our uh, Cyril Karn of this of this show. <laughs> so um, then you get he he he's accepted in the amnesty program. He can't continue his work, and then you get the science officer from Moff Gideon's. Kane, Kane, and she. He, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he feels somewhat. Um, what's the word? Uncomfortable around her, just because she, he knows who she is. Oh, look, looky here, looky here. Our friend John Ambrose has joined us. Hi, John. How are Hi. you? 
Hi, I was serving our corporate pizza overlords. I got here as fast as I could. Oh, that's okay. You missed the Bad Batch. I'm sorry, but I know you you don't uh, watch the Bad Batch for some reason. So. It's, yeah, I well, I'm I'm not caught up to it yet. I'm still on Clone Wars. There you go. Yeah. So we're in the middle of Mando. We're talking about um, Dr. Pershing and science. She was a science officer, right? Science officer. Communications officer. Communications officer came. Communications. And... The, them meeting for the first time and it was awkward awkward yeah and they're talking about the things that they miss the most oh nothing I don't miss anything no 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 I don't like that what do you miss the most oh and travel it's the biscuits travel biscuits the yellow travel them biscuits, biscuits. <laughs> they didn't have any gravy on them I can't figure that one out yeah anyway. I mean um I kind of like how they it's a vague reference to actual history like it's clearly a reference to Operation Paperclip. Um so I mean I, I kind of Oh from from World War 2? Yeah. So I mean it, it I I kind I kind of like how they threw that in there. Um and the minute she showed up I knew something was going to go down. Like okay. So one of the one of the things that a lot of people on YouTube and everything else have said was that there have been a lot of uh biblical references within the within this season of mando so far within like the first three episodes and one of them being baptism um i forgot what they said about the second one but then this one this one reminded me of it was almost like it was adam and eve it was you know eve waving the apple in front of adam saying hey look 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 what you know look what you can do look what we can do and then everything just kind of falling apart. So, and maybe I'm stretching on that. Maybe, maybe I'm stretching. I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't really catch all that. I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm not Christian personally. I don't know too much about the Bible. Uh, I mean, the, the 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 baptism was was kind of kind of on the nose, but uh, but everything else I hadn't quite caught. Okay. Yeah, and, and the Mandos themselves are, I mean, basically religious zealots Re yeah religious yeah. so that's the only thing i've gotten out of it the whole uh pershing thing and the rehabilitation thing i mean that reeks of world war ii i mean we took scientists from germany and brought them over here to do work for us although that's not exactly what they're doing with pershing but they're, trying, they're basically saying, <laughs> yeah yeah we don't want you doing what you were doing but you're you're still skilled, and we'll we'll take you anyways. And I, they did they did that in Marvel. I kind of like With how they're. So um, I kind of like how they're kind of explaining, because for me, you need to explain the sequels to me like I'm five. So I kind of like how they're tying a lot of things together, and how Pershing is the somehow, and somehow Palpatine returned. Um. So we, yeah, I, so. I've been calling that since season one. That that's the yeah. That's that's. The, I think I, I think most of us were really. I mean, like my my, my prediction for this is, uh, uh, you know, uh, at the end of the episode, what whenever he's going through the uh, the mind flayer, um, I think I think that he's gonna come out reconditioned to, you know, serve the empire, and. Uh, I don't know. No, maybe think, he goes to the unknown regions and contacts somehow the Sith Eternal. I think she fried him. I think oh, you think so? Well, I think oh, she, she turned him. that up. 
I think yeah. she, she and, um, and... I think what my theory is, sorry to cut you off. Um, my theory is that the job was done. They have Palpatine ready to go and they want to cut the loose ends. And I think Moff Gideon's going to come into play later on in the series, whether it's this season or next. And I think that they're cutting the loose ends and they just fried them. They lobotomized them and because got them even, out of the picture. They even made some reference to, to Gideon. They said, did you hear what happened to it? It was like something like, did you hear what happened? Oh, I heard he escaped on his way to the tribunal. And I was like, no, no, I heard he he got his mind. He flayed. went through the mind flare. Yeah. Yeah. So I think so, the Palpatine plans are underway. And I think that was them cutting the loose ends out. And uh, that's that's my personal fan theory. See, and I'm I'm wondering, because now that you mentioned that, I'm I'm looking at it going, well, what is what is Kane's? What is her end game here? Because double agent is yeah exactly. Is she still working for the Empire and she just did this? Or I feel like is she, she is. That, that, that was I my did. thought at first. I mean, like we said, it's referencing the Nazis in World War II, and Nazis weren't good people. So she's she's uh. But, I mean, she's because definitely still a believer. Think, you would think since they got caught, she took the box that he had with all the supplies the, that he wanted the, uh, or whatever. Medical... So you would think if they were going to get rid of all that stuff and destroy it, that they would just put it back on the ship so it could be destroyed. But no, she takes it and goes off in the helicopter. Portable, portable medical station, I think is what it was called. Yeah. Lab. Medical or lab. Medical lab, yeah. So... And and again, I'm just because even still, she was talking to that Twilight right there at the end. He was like, you know, you did good, and it's good you catch these things, and we're lucky to have you for every. He he called her a success. Yes, yeah. So I'm just like, what is what's what's the end game? Well, I think the end game. He has a few little tells too, because when she first uh, went to his uh, TED talk, as I call it. Uh, it just focused on her uniform, and she's like, she does a Picard. She straightens <laughs> it, and, you know, does her little badge thing, and then she does the exact same thing. I think right before she fries him, she does the exact same thing. She she straightens her thing, and you know, yeah. Does the does the uh, what did they call it? They called it the the tuck or something like that. Because, and if you don't know what that is, in like the first two or three three seasons of next generation the way that the uniforms were cut every time they stood up it would ride up on them so they'd have to they'd have oh, to like tug, a, like a bad suit <laughs> so if you watched like the first couple of two or three seasons of of uh like the next generation when they stand up every one of them goes and they all tug their except for deanna because she was always wearing something form-fitting but I mean yeah. uh, that that's also uh, another historic reference to to World War II as well because if you watch the war documentaries that was very the um, the bad guys were always prim and proper and making sure and making sure and they had to have the appearance there and you know you had the Americans and the British with dirt smeared on their face and like ready to roll and these guys were just always clean and the medals were straight and so I think she's I I think she's um. I think she's still working for Moth or or I think she's working either or, one. You know, in season two, there was a glimpse of a Snoke body. 
for a minute. So there might even be a Snoke out there. Um, because there, it was very brief I'm, in season two. You showed, and there was a Snoke clone. And um, so, you know, there might be a Snoke out there. And, and... Well, and it, and it stands to reason that there would be because the, what, um, Force Awakens is, what, 30 years after Jedi? Yeah, and this is right you in between take... that time gap. Yeah, And so you're in that time gap. You're about seven years past Jedi. So, yeah, for Snoke to be up and moving and rising to power at this point makes perfect sense. So. Because it's it's right in the right in the gaps in the time frame where it needs to be. So anyway, I would like to say though the opening scene. If you guys haven't talked about it already, did you talk about the dog fight yet, or did yeah. you we touched away? on it? Yeah, we touched oh. on it. What you got? To me, that was the closest thing to George Lucas's style that I've seen since Disney bought Star Wars. Just the way the fight was shot and the way. The way the Tie Fighters were bouncing off the uh, the alleys and the mountain, and that one scene where you see the ship just go up and stop for a second, and then delicately just come back down and start flying. All again. I thought about that, that was was uh, Batman, nineteen eighty nine Batman, when he flew oh, that wing up in front of the moon, and then <laughs> I I thought more about the Millennium Falcon when it used to oh. do that, and uh, it used to just go up and stop for a second, then just swoop back down and keep going. Um, so I thought they really emulated George Lucas for that opening scene, at least, and uh, it was it was good. It was a good uh, it was a good sequence. And I'm I'm glad you mentioned the Tie Fighters because we saw the Tie Interceptors and we saw the Tie Bombers. Now, I'm gonna take a step back real quick because the first episode of the Big Lego Fan. I'm always looking for when the new Lego sets are released, and they have announced some of the summer Lego sets. The first um, Lego set that they announced was two weeks ago, and it was the Pirate Snub Fighter from Season 3 of The Mandalorian, which appeared in Episode 1. They just released the the next set that they're releasing in the summer, and it's the big spider crab droid thing from the minds of... I was like, oh, are we getting a TIE Interceptor? I don't care about anything else. I want a TIE <laughs> Interceptor because... Honestly, Lego has not made a tie interceptor since 2008. It's the wrong color scheme, but that was the last time they did one, except for the red one that they released with the resistance sets. Which is it called a tie interceptor or is it Darth Vader starship? No, it's a tie intercept. No, the <laughs> no. Oh <laughs> no, it's the Imperial Speed Fighter. <laughs> so anyway. So, yes, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, make the announcement next week, episode three, we get a TIE Interceptor. That would make my day. That would be pretty cool. So, anyway, also, um, I want to talk about the the music for a minute. Did you happen to catch the music? March of the Resistance. Well, hold on, hold on. Even before that, the, the, the song that they were playing before that. So, they're walking around, and they're at this, like, carnival or whatever. It's like a street carnival, right? And they're walking around eating their little lollipops and talking to each other. And the the music that's playing initially, honestly, I was listening to it and I was like, this sounds like a theme song from like an old 1980s, 1990s video game. This sounds like it would do very well in 8-bit and be in front of Final Fantasy or something like that. You know, it's one of, the, one of the old Zelda games. 
because I was just like, oh my god, it's like eight bit music. But then, yes, you're right. It rolls into March of the Resistance. Dun, dun, I dun, dun, dun. I honestly didn't hear that. Oh, oh man, I caught that right oh, away because I could I barely hear. You could just barely hear it as they're walking and talking. It was it was right around the time he touched the mountain. Yeah, well, a little bit before that, but yeah, I could just hear a little certain. Uh oh. Notes, and I was just like, "Is that the Force Awakens, the March of the Resistance?" And then you know, you could hear a little bit more of it. And I was like, "Holy shit, it is!" So, I didn't pick it, up on that. It's all going to oh, lead yeah. up to the sequels. It was great. It was a nod <laughs> to the sequels, and I loved it. Well, loved hopefully, everyone. as much as I didn't like the sequels, hopefully this will shut everyone up about the sequels getting retconned. They're here. Deal with it. Yeah. Just, just you know, just this is going to solidify it, and they're not getting retcon. They're not getting removed. You got to just deal with it. <laughs> no, but say, yeah, someone's going to get on, and and they're going to say, "Oh, well, I heard this resistance song, but it wasn't applied to a resistance scene. So does that mean that now they're going to do like an alternate universe type thing?" No, yeah. no. <laughs> and actually, I think I think it was in a. I am not a music person by any means, and I don't know. And honestly, it would not surprise me if March of the Resistance was in a minor key, and this song that was played was in a major key, because there is a there's a slight difference. It's you still, if you're listening to it and you hear it, you're like, oh, pfft, uh, yeah, that's that's it exactly. But it's it's got a more upbeat kind of tempo to it, so it sounds, you know, it's I would. Not, I would also like to point out that John Connor failed. He sent the T-800 back to a train that wasn't even in the same galaxy. And that's the same was... Terminator <laughs> reference that we've had that I've noted. <laughs> and, and it's not even really a Terminator reference. It just it looks like a Terminator <laughs> reference. You had the T-800 walking on the train, collecting, collecting tickets, getting ready to throw them off the train. Give me your ticket. <laughs> but then you had uh, in the first episode IG Eleven, and they woke him up, and he went into kill mode, and he starts crawling along. I'm like, oh, oh more Terminator. <laughs> now all I'm imagining is that, is that droid just walking up to everybody with, with the ticket puncher. Selkana, are you Selkana? <laughs> Come with me if you want to live. <laughs> Come with me if you want to not die. Oh. <laughs> That was Lego Movie 2, wasn't that? That was the first one, actually, mm. yes. Lego Movie. Anyway. Um, there there were... Again, we dealt a lot with... I mean, the whole episode was him, basically. And, and, and he was really struggling with this, to where he was like, look, I know what I was doing was wrong, and this would be... Uh, uh, Pershing. Pershing, yeah. yeah. I know what I was doing was wrong, but it really could help in the long run, you know, and, and it could help the Republic, you know, and, and he even said something about the, uh, you know, all of this stuff that we're <coughs> disposing of, that we're getting rid of. We could be using this. We could be using this against the empire that still exists why isn't the new republic using it and I'm, I'm i'm curious as to what your thoughts are on that why would they not use technology or anything that they may or may not have captured from the empire i mean not I, cloning i get that one but like star destroyers <laughs> another star destroyer there you go I think it's the general theming of the overall series that whoever's in charge has hubris 
and thinks they can do it better than the people that weren't in charge and thinks that they can wield the power differently and wield it better. And that's why they failed in the prequel trilogy. And that's why the new Republic's going to fail leading up to the sequels. Um, because whoever's in, whoever's in charge rests on their laurels and thinks it's going to be like that forever. And the hubris develops, like, look at Andor, how, like, how on it the empire was. And then somewhere along the line, they got fat and lazy. Then the rebels won. And now we have this in the new Republic. So it's the general theme of, uh, of the whole series that whoever's in charge is just an idiot. Well, it also shows <clears throat> that the new Republic isn't as candy coated sweet as they were portrayed, you know, in the movies and whatnot. Uh, there's still corruption, you know, there's still crap going down. Yeah. They're still, classes. they're not, they're not as bad as the empire as, so far, I mean, the mind flayer thing is kind of, eh, but yeah, it's, well, no, it's no, a no, trap. Yeah. It's a trap line, though, is gold. It's another Easter egg in there. To so a cut, Kamari, no less. <laughs> anyway, but but even still, it was with the mind flayer thing. The way he said it was, uh, it was. On lower voltages, lower doses, it it's it it works. Yeah, he he said it's a pleasant experience. Yeah, exactly. And then of course you had <coughs> the evil woman back there cranking it up to not well. to fifty, not to fifty. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Princess Bride, Princess Bride. In case you missed it, another great movie. It's on Disney Plus. Go watch it. Awesome. Um, I I mean I think it's and it's also it, it's another theme in the show. The people just get ignorant and lazy when things are good, and it happened in the prequel trilogy, and it happened now, and it's like no one's coming back. I'm pretty sure Palpatine's a Sith. <laughs> oh come on, you're being dumb. But he he has Sith memorabilia. He he told me about this guy Plagueis the Wise. Oh, that's an old wives' tale. <laughs> By the way, you're not master. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think people just get ignorant and lazy when things are good. And like I said, it's an overall theme in the series. And I think that's why, if you notice in the series Star Wars, the so-called inferior tribes always come out on top, whether it's the Ewoks or the Gungeons, because they're hungry. And they're always, and, and they're always battling. And, and what <clears throat> you just said, John, and I'm going to hold you to this, what you just said, was something that came out of the last Jedi that even Luke said at their height, the Jedi did not even see Darth Sidious rise to power and basically take over the universe. So yes, you're absolutely right. And the sequels proved it because just because it's a, it's definitely a theme that they're kind of that they're starting to hammer in, uh, as a, uh, especially with uh, that particular scene from the from the Last Jedi. Um, the, the 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 hubris and the overconfidence of those in charge or in power wasn't really something that was too heavily explored. I mean, you you, you got themes of that in in the prequel trilogy, with you know the the, the Jedi not really 
comprehending what was right under their noses, but uh, but it, it wasn't a theme of that trilogy. It was uh, it was more just about Anakin's downfall rather than the uh, the uh, the 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 mystery and the, the the black coding and intrigue behind everything. I would say it was a secondary or tertiary theme, but yeah, the theme was Anakin's downfall. But it was definitely there. It was definitely secondary was, or tertiary. It was um, there. It just, it just wasn't expanded on to the point where it was at the forefront of the narrative of the films. No, it's one of those things like how Stan Lee used to write, where it's like you're picking up on it, but they're not letting it overtake the main story. Like... Like you're you're kind of picking up on where they're going with it, but the story is about Anakin, and you're supposed to focus on that. But that stuff is all happening in the background, and you kind of notice it happening in the background. We got Stephen Blackburn on. Hi, Stephen. How are you? History repeats itself. <coughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. I think we have hammered Pershing to death. No, what have we missed, Eddie? Oh, I I thought you were gonna say what did we miss? So no. no okay, we, go we, ahead. We I'll let you continue whole... because I have two things. So go ahead. We still got the whole end scene with Mando. Yeah. So well, yep. that the... has nothing to do with what I'm gonna bring up. So okay. Yeah, it's a, it's the other half of his seven minutes of screen time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, what was the other one you were gonna bring up then, Betty? Well, one nobody mentioned. Grogu saying this is the way in oh, his own yeah, way. He, he did he well he, he attempted he kind oh. of in his own way. He either said this is the way or he said the way this is. Either well, I, the Yoda way or you know the Mandalorian way. <laughs> somebody posted a meme. Mandalorian said, I am. <laughs> somebody posted a meme that said, What is Grogu's first word gonna be? I don't know, but it'll come after his second word <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i just thought that was so adorable and both uh Bo and 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 din just kind of turned and looked at him like <laughs> see i miss a lot of things because i have to have the closed captioning on because i have a three-year-old screaming for cookies and playing with her toys in the background while i'm trying to watch the show yeah. so i miss like the music and i miss i miss little uh little things like that but <sighs> Stevens on. Yeah. Do you think Grogu will speak by the end of the season? Favreau said he will be speaking very soon. Oh, great. Are we going to get three-year-old questions? Are we going to... Well, <laughs> where where are we going? Can I eat that? I'm hungry. There yet? I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> there yet are we? Going where are we? <laughs> bathroom I need to go to. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So Grogu said, this is the way. I'll give you that one, Debbie. Then you get to the end. You get the other seven minutes of, of Mando. And they are they are landing at the... Uh, the, the covert, he called it. Covert. Or, covert, or, or yeah. convert, or co wait, something. Which, by the way, he said, uh, and this was just on my first initial viewing, was... You know, he said, I'm going to take us someplace safe where they'll never find us. And then the next thing you saw was Coruscant. And I was like, oh, we're going, he's going to go hide on Coruscant. Okay, that's kind of cool. And then, of course, it went into the whole spiel and he wasn't really going to Coruscant. But that's I want to know when they're going to unleash that monster, though. <laughs> the Mythosaur? Yeah. 
Did you see anything down there? The end of the season. <laughs> did you see anything yeah, down there? She even said, did you see anything? And she she was poking him like did you see what I saw or am I is my mind playing tricks on me? So <laughs> now I just wanna I wanna take that scene and put that uh that rap song over it. My mom's playing tricks on me. Do 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 little ghetto boys. Yes, yes, a man of culture. I see. Ha, ta, 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 ta. So anyway, they they show up, and we had a we had a Clone Wars reference here, and I mean it it wasn't like huge or anything, but it was nice nice to hear within the live action universe. She uh, he he steps forward, and uh, and Pospis was there, and he's like, "No, you can't come in. You're an apostate." Blah 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 blah. And he says, no, I've, I've bathed in the living waters. And uh, he brought back the, the sample of the living waters to, to prove it, basically. And uh, they say, well, what about, you know, he says something like, uh, you're not welcome here either, Night Owl. He called her a Night Owl. And I was like, oh, oh, oh another Clone Wars reference. Kind of, but. Not what really. I want to know is how are all the other Mandalorians little and then there's a big fat guy? Like he's clearly eating someone else's food. Because it's John Favreau. <laughs> <laughs> John Favreau's a big guy. <laughs> every, every, everyone else is like it's like normal size, and then you have someone like my size come in and it's like, no, you can't come in. Like, well, d- during the during the reign of the empire, he came across a huge case of those yellow biscuits, and maybe some of the red. And they've just got a whole lot of carbs in them, and they went straight to his thighs. Yeah, every time no one's looking at him, he's just kind of tips his helmet up. Did you just take your helmet off? No, no. What are you talking about? You took your helmet off. <laughs> Now and, and honestly, I look at I look at him too, and I'm like, it, maybe it's just me, but his head seems disproportionately too small to the rest of his body. Yeah. Like, I am so glad I wasn't the only one who thought that. You have a um, tiny head. Um, yeah, like a it's, tiny it's, little it's, it's either head. that or the or the helmet is just so tightly packed to his think, head that it looks that way. But still, I mean, it like, looks so it looks comical. I, like the I, football I players that are too fat for their helmets. Yeah. <laughs> Like, 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 like his body almost looks like what I'd imagine Johnny Bravo to look like if his head was shaved. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Oh, Lordy, Lord. But anyway, so he, he takes the sample to the armor, tells them they bathed in the living waters. Um, and he, Poss said all of that about him about Din Djarin. He says, you're an apostate Din Djarin. You know, you're not welcome. Blah, 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 blah. Night Owls have, have uh, Clan Crease has strayed from the way. And, uh, but he didn't say anything about Grogu. Oh, you're still welcome here. You're fine. Yeah, Grogu's cool. On, you're cute. <laughs> we like you. Come in. <laughs> well, I mean, to, to be fair, Grogu didn't go, didn't go through that, uh, that ritual that we saw at the beginning of the first episode so yeah, yeah t- t- technically he's i mean he's still a foundling he's not a mandalorian yet right but he can say this is the way anyway they prove to each other that or they prove to everybody that they have bathed in the living waters 
I want to step back for a minute. When they were approaching, he told uh, he told her he was like, "Hey, look, we're going to see these guys. Might be better if you don't take your helmet off." She did not one time take her helmet off in this episode. Uh-uh. From and then, yeah, they were only in it. They were bookended in the episode, but but again, it was it was I, I was I was I was I caught that. I was like, might not it be was- a good idea if you take your helmet off. I'm like. She hasn't. She hasn't. <laughs> she hasn't yet. My guess is is that when she dove in after Din Djarin to go rescue him from the from the living waters, that um, her hair was all wet, and now it's crammed inside that helmet, and it just is smushed. And she did. She she had helmet hair. She just didn't want to <laughs> didn't want to take it off. Helmet hair, you know. The bandana wasn't holding it in place. Yeah. But then you had. Uh, was it just me? But was Poss not really happy with? Oh, he's pissed. He, I mean, he, you know, you had all the other Mandalorians patting mm-hmm. him back. Oh, good to have you back. Good to have you back. And he was just kind of standing there, like, yeah, he's still mad. The, he's got a he's got a grudge against Mando. Well, we've already yeah. I mean, he still he still thinks that he deserves to have the dark saber. Mm-hmm. Well, that's probably going to come up later on in the series, and the, and the fact that okay. How is he related to Pre Vizsla? Is he a cousin or a nephew? I don't remember. He's related to Pre Vizsla, who who had the dark saber for a time, and in fact, um, what's her name was was serving under him under in uh, in Death Watch. So, but see, this is where I get confused. If they don't believe in the absolute power of the dark saber, why would he be mad that he doesn't have it? Because it because the, who family. has it rules Mandalore. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, what I brought up last week was when they said, you know, you're not pure. Mando could have just been like dark lightsaber. I'm eliminating <laughs> that rule. And, <laughs> and come on, John, the plot has to happen. <laughs> we need the show to happen. So I mean, what would that guy do? That guy would probably be like dark lightsaber. I can take my helmet well, off. You guys can't. <laughs> I'm see I'm I'm I don't know. I think there's I think there's a lot to this uh to the prophecy of the the dark saber and there was the, the I think the armor even mentioned about the the mythosaur rising out of the and the one who rides or who tames and rides it rules Mandalore. Yeah. So I'm wondering if they're cult their sect their clan is more of a yeah the dark saber is just kind of a symbol but the guy who rides the mythosaur is is the the real deal i'm sorry i just had this horrific image because you said the one who tames it rules mandalore and i just had this horrific image of like jar jar binks coming back and accidentally taming this thing <laughs> no, we say in charge of the Mandalore. <laughs> uh oh, big rumor. Oh, Stephen has a pretty good point here. She believes in the creed after seeing the mythosaur. I'll buy that. No, well, we all know that the one to tame the mythosaur is going to be Danny Trejo. <laughs> that would be awesome that. to bring him back. <laughs> Freaking machete riding a mythosaur. Come on. 
I don't know. It's, and and see, I'm seeing a lot of similarities between this and uh, Avatar too, because they might have be. the the big dragon thing in Avatar, and it was like, oh, nobody can nobody can tame that one, and then but he did. What, what if Cam is onto something? Because the next machete I was reading this morning is gonna be the last one, and it's gonna be machete kills in space. So oh. what if like Machete does a crossover with Star Wars and Machete does kill in space and then he tames a mythosaur and then Machete rules the Mandalores from here on out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, see, see if it, if that were to happen, then then I get then I guarantee the the last episode of the last season is going to end with Machete looking right to the camera and saying, <laughs> "This is the way." Big day hole. Nice. <laughs> no, but um, but um, but honestly, I think that they're setting up Bo-Katan to be the one to tame the Mythosaur because she yeah. is the only one who saw it. I'm I'm I'm. It, it wouldn't shock me at all. And because I mean, even even at the end of uh, the last season when Din Jaren got the got the dark saber, and they said, "Oh well, whoever has the dark saber," he just basically handed it to her. He's like, "Here, I don't want it. I don't want to rule Mandalore. I just want to." do my thing and go on you know no it has to be one in combat even though somebody gave it to me but it has to be one in combat or maybe they'll co rule he has the dark saber she has the mythosaur i mean she still hasn't told anybody (laughs) i mean i think it's gonna be the trend is now that the uh the, the way it's been trending is that the um the women are ending up in charge, so I do think it's going to be Bo-Katan. I don't think she's going to marry Suet all the way through. Like, I don't think it's going to be, like, an annoying way for her to take over. Like, I think it's going to be, you know, action-packed and fun. It's going to be kind of like, I don't know, one of those old samurai movies where she's, like, the chosen one, and then there's battles and this and that. And But I, well, think, it, I think it's going to end with Bo-Katan in charge. Well, they, they, they did... Okay, so so if you, if you look at her story from her first appearance, and especially up through Rebels and what we've seen so far in Mandalorian as well, I think, uh, I, I think that this is going to be just as much a redemption story for her as well, because it's because essentially she's been disgraced. Uh, you know, she she had the dark saber. Yeah, she she had the dark saber and then she lost it to Moff Gideon, I guess. Um, and then basically all of her followers left her, um, and she, and for the, the first time we see her in this season, she's brooding. She that she's saying, she's saying, "There's nothing I can do. All my followers have left. We, I have no resources left." Yeah, she's pretty much sitting in Xanadu, like she's got <laughs> like there, there's no one there. She's in this big mansion, sitting by herself. She may as well have had a bottle of uh, scotch and be played by Orson Welles. Like you know, I mean, it was. Um, yeah, so I mean, I think it's going to be a redemption arc. I think Mando is going to be happy not being in charge, and I think she's going to take charge, and the adventures of Mando and Grogu will continue throughout the galaxy. Would taming the Mythosaur have higher precedence over the Dark Saber? Hmm. I don't know. That's a good question, though. I I think it's going to be one of those component things where they balance each other out, maybe. Like the person who has the mythosaur and the person who has the dark saber form a council or something. That's that's the way I could see it happening. 
Well, it's all fun and games until the mythosaur eats the guy with the dark saber. So then, <laughs> hey, no contest. But what if the guy with the dark saber stabs him while he's eating him? How much do you think it's going to do to a creature that large? It's the dark saber. It's the dark saber. <laughs> it's the elder wand. I mean, dark saber. <laughs> <laughs> It's Excalibur. I mean, ah! uh, speaking of Mandalorian weapons, I don't know why I just thought of this. Uh, I, d I don't remember. Whatever happened to that um, that Beskar spear? Melted it down. Yeah. That's what he created the... Um, oh, the, the, the uh, chain Grogu. mail. Gro yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I remember. That was in Book of Boba Fett. Now, what I, what I don't get is, yeah, in Book of Boba Fett, Luke... Gave Boba Fett the choice to stay and resume his training. Grogu. Grogu, I meant. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, like, what? What show did you watch? No, to stay and resume his training or abandon his training and he won't be able to become a Jedi again. But that goes against, like, the path Luke took. And so, uh, see, yeah, yes, there it is. I'm so glad you said that because Luke is doing exactly what the old Jedi were guilty of as well forcing a child to choose between one extreme or the other yeah. and so and so and so right there it takes it right back to all the mistakes of the jedi it's like yeah it's coming all full circle because luke didn't like stay in the digabah system for the whole trilogy and come out return of the jedi and be like my training is complete no he shot down the death star he was on hoth you know fighting bigfoot um sleeping inside of tauntauns kissing his sister you know, I mean, I, I don't understand where that part of the lore came from or why Luke would be the <laughs> one to uh, to initiate that choice. That was just really out of place to me. Well, it wasn't. And that was, I think Cam touched on it, too, because if you watch the prequels, you know, they uh, Qui-Gon says to um, Shimi. Because you know, he said, "Who was his father? If he was, if he lived in the Republic, we would have identified him early and taken him and trained him as a Jedi." And I think the Jedi of the old Republic, I think that was like one of those things to where it was, and and it even popped up a little bit in uh, in the little shorts, the Tales of the Jedi shorts, to where it was, uh, "Oh, Ahsoka's a, a Jedi. We she's she's got to go off and be trained now." So it was. It's one of those things to where Luke probably looked at it and said, "Okay, this is one of the things that they screwed up on." Instead of saying, "Hey, we're just going to take you and you're going to be a Jedi now," it's, "Hey, look, we're going to give you the choice. Do you want to continue or do you want to?" But where did he? Where did he learn that tactic, though? Because he wasn't ever taught it. But he was. No, everyone died. And he was allowed he to go into battle because <clears throat> in Dagobah he 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 was told by Ben and Yoda, "You have got to stay and finish the training. You have got to stay and finish the training." And Luke made a choice to leave and go confront Vader on his own. So Luke looked at it and said, "It was either do what they did, or I can have a choice, and I and it and it can still benefit me, no matter what choice I." Wow, I just thought of that off the top of my head. 
But I mean, you're, you're expanding my brain, sir. Thank you. <laughs> but I mean, what insert, if, insert GIF of all the Ewoks bowing here. But the thing is, though, he was allowed to he was allowed to come back. Why isn't Grogu allowed to go back? Why wouldn't he be? He could go back. I think Luke wishes. said you can't return, didn't he? I don't, I don't think so. I have to go back and watch the Book of Boba Fett, but I don't think ah. so. I'm I sorry. I always want to go back and watch the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, yeah, I'm so sorry I did that to you. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, being, fact, I, I'm I was, just being a dick. I was driving around in my car today, and I was listening to the Mandalorian theme, and the Book of Boba Fett theme came on right after, and I was like, I should go watch this again. I, I need to go watch. And then the Rogue One came on, and I was like, oh, I need to watch Rogue One again, too. Because that was really good. Actually, now after, after Andor Season 2, I'm going to watch Rogue One again with a pair of fresh eyes. Yeah. Do it. It's been my favorite of the Disney films. So, <laughs> did we miss anything, Debbie? Yes. We got everything. What did we miss? Not one mention of Harrison Ford. Uh, no, <laughs> it has nothing to do with Harrison Ford. <laughs> so, the tie in- interceptors with that many, where'd they come from? Who has them? Well, she pissed off a bunch of Imperial warlords. for, And then she said an Imperial warlord would not have this many. Thrawn. Oh. Wasn't that his design, too? Yeah. Was it? No. I believe he had the in defender. Rebels, wasn't that his it design? It was the Defender. The TIE Defender oh, okay. was Rebels. Anyways, who else would have it in the Outer Rim but Thrawn? Okay, Darth Jar Jar, duh. No. Joke. Snoke. Number two, we have a Legends that was brought in to make canon. Uh, when they're riding the train and Kane says to that big whatever it was, <laughs> yes, it does. And I'm excited for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when she says uh, Tong's Day, I'm right. Am I right? Yeah. Okay, so I guess in the Star Wars Star Wars Monday, world, that Mondays, means Wednesday. am I right? It's a Wednesday for them. <laughs> That's their day of the week. It's a Someone's Wednesday. got a case of the Tongs days. But <laughs> the Tongs were the original Mandalorians. They lived on Coruscant before it became what it is today. They didn't like technology. And I mean, you know, you've seen the mountain, Mount Umate, I think it was, the highest peak. But yeah, they they lived on Coruscant. They were the Mandalorians, the original Mandalorians. Uh, they got um, thrown out or beaten by humanoids that were called the Zells. And so they moved to a different planet, uh, the planet Rune. I, I didn't have time to look that one up. But uh, then at that time, that's when the first Mandalorian came about. And they ended up on, they took over a new world and they named that world Mandalore. And this was in the uh, comics, uh, Star Wars, Tales of the Jedi comics. Okay. Uh, I, the thought the comics, I thought the comics were still canon. 
No, no, nothing. no. This would have been this would have been prior to this would have been uh, Dark Horse before Marvel got a hold of them. Yeah, to, uh, oh. Tales of the Jedi oh. is like the nineties, I think. Yeah. Oh, uh, all right. The, the, yeah. The, so the only one that I remember from that is Exar Kun. Yeah, they're they're considered legends, <laughs> not anymore. But then they were mentioned several times in the Knights of the Republic game, and uh, I think they made uh, an appearance on a hologram or something like that. So once again, legends into canon. Legends into canon. We love this. Oh, but oh, they don't they don't use anything from legends. Yes. Sir. Come on, Christmas special. <laughs> <laughs> Give us Chewbacca's family now. <laughs> okay. Grandpa Wookie. Grandpa Wookie. <laughs> Debbie, shameless plugs. Do we have any shameless plugs? I do, but I didn't bring the information with me. <laughs> Teasing crackers. You got uh, Jonathan Heil has an interview coming up uh, next oh. Thursday. Hang on, hang on. I've got that. On, I've, I've got that right here. Next Thursday. Oh, I don't want that. With... Landon Ginn. Landon yeah. Ginn. Landon Ginn. He he uh, did some of the animation for Star Trek Prodigy. Correct. And he's now the technical animating supervisor for Disney. Okay. Yeah. So, so this gonna... is uh, this is a uh, is this we uh, Captain's Logs and Lightsabers is the thing. Check out our Facebooks and Instagrams and all that other stuff for all the glory details. And actually, it'll be here on the YouTube channel, too. If I'm not yeah. yeah, it'll be on all podcast platforms. It'll, it'll be on all of our Apple, Spotify, platforms. Podbean, and whatever else there is. Yep. Cool. So that's next Thursday. It drops at 8 o'clock Eastern. 8 p.m.? Yes. Sorry. 8 p.m. Eastern. Cool. John, shameless plugs. Uh, yeah, a couple. Um, Jonathan Hiles interview. Debbie covered that already. Um, uh, Retro and Wolf, two people on our Twitch stream, are doing a charity stream on the YouTube channel on March 25th. Um, Devin's cousin has stage four cancer. They're doing a fundraiser. So check them out. It's going to be a 12-hour live stream. I think they're going to be alternating games. Uh, if they hit certain goals, certain things will happen. Devin's going to shave his head if they hit a certain monetary goal live on stream. You know, they're going to try to make a fun situation out of something tragic. So they're, they're trying to really do their best with that. So tune into that. Not for all 12 hours if you can't, but try to tune in and help them out whenever, wherever you can. Uh, I'm doing an article on Kathleen Kennedy. Been having some trouble with it, but uh, I'm finally finishing it up. Hopefully I'll have that out tomorrow. Uh, for Women's Appreciation Month, because she had surprisingly humble beginnings. So it's going to be an interesting read once I publish it. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'll have that out hopefully tomorrow. Um, we'll have uh, my editor, the editors, look at it and uh, make sure it's good to go. And last but not least, you can catch me on Saturday at 10 p.m. with William Cat and the rest of the gang on the gauntlet uh, here on YouTube. So oh. that is that's and I forgot one. <laughs> 10, 10 p.m. Eastern time. 10, 10 p.m. 10 Eastern, Eastern time. 9, 9 Central. So, what did you forget, Debbie? Uh, tomorrow night I'll be on um, the Geek and I podcast. We are covering the last two episodes of Picard. It's been so good. Uh, so tomorrow night at, 
I think it's 10 Texas time, whatever that is. Uh, it's either central or western. Central. <laughs> central, central. So, yeah. We'll be talking the last, because we didn't have an episode last week. Uh, they were camping. So this week we'll be covering the last two episodes of Picard. Cam. Uh, I'm, well, I finally have my first Cam and Focus episode coming up. Uh, in uh, it, It's certainly been a while. The last couple of months have not been kind to me. Having to move and then move again and then... Uh, and, and and yeah, and one of those moves was out of state. So I'm finally all I'm all settled in now. But uh, on Sunday, it's a little off my schedule. But uh, now that the videos in the end stages of you know production, the editing and stuff like that. Um, on Sunday, I'm uploading my my latest Cam and Focus episode. It's going to be on the film Sicario, uh, dire directed by Denis Villeneuve, my all time favorite director. And it, it's it's going to be about uh, the benefits of an actionless climax in a film that has action in it. So I'm looking forward to talking about that. I, it's one of my favorite films of all time. Sicario is just a great, great movie. So cool. looking forward to having that up. Very cool. Um, well, don't forget every Thursday night, we, as far as my shameless plugs go, Thursday nights we have right here, Cantina Happy Hour, where we're talking about Star Wars. Um in June, and I don't have the dates here with me right now, but in June in Dallas, myself and Dave Gramillion will be at the Dallas Fan Expo, which was is like the biggest, biggest con in Dallas, in the Dallas area. Big, huge, no holds barred. Um, we're going to be there covering the event. We'll be doing some live streams from it. It's going to be a blast. Hayden Christensen's going to be there. Darth friggin' Vader is gonna be there. I'm I've got a Darth Vader figure signed by David Prowse, and I'm kind of halfway tempted to go get Hayden to sign it too. Oh, that Just reminds because. me. Oh, there's another one. What you got, John? Uh, uh, June. I'm gonna try see if I'm ahead of the game financially. I'm gonna try to get tickets, uh, press passes to Awesome Con in Washington D.C. That's a uh, good. That's a really good con in the Mid Atlantic, and Mr. Billy D. Williams is going to be there. So Ooh, hopefully, oh, wow. I'm going to get to. Uh, hopefully, I'm going to get to have a moment with him. Uh, I have a Colt 45 T-shirt. I would love for him to sign. Um, <laughs> so I uh, works works every time. Um, yeah, I'd, lo <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love. To, I'd love to have him sign one of my Lando comics. <laughs> I don't have any Lando comics, uh, but yeah, so I'm kind of excited about that. There's uh, going to be a lot of guests there. Uh, it's not quite as big as Dallas Fan Expo, but there will be a couple of highlightable moments if I can get the time off and I can um, get in there and, uh, you know, poke around a little bit. So, so basically all of that boils down to GNN where is going to be at some of these convention sites all that kind of fun stuff come out and see us come say hi we'd love to see you out there um i think that's it are we done i think we're so over, we're over an hour all right well good well we will see you all next week everyone have a great saint patrick's day tomorrow go out and drink but be safe about it okay but get you an uber or a cab or have a designated driver i'm Cabs are cabs are less expensive than lawyers, guys. <laughs>
There you go. There you go. And you don't lose your driver's license if you're riding in a cab. So be safe out there. We will see you all next week. May the force be with you all.